Ephesians chapter number 6. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You'll notice something we did on purpose this year. I do appreciate our soldiers. Please please don't take this in the wrong way or no fashion. I, I, I praise the Lord for every soldier and uh, those fighting the country. But I think we tend to forget something. They, they, um, they're fighting the war, but there's a family fighting at home. Yeah. They have a tendency... To, I appreciate the soldiers, please. I'm, I'm not dishonoring them and all. I praise God for every soldier. But there is a tendency to forget they left a wife and children and uh, they, they've got a deal. And I wanted, wanted to remind us all in the, in the presentation this year, let's not be forgetful of them as well and um, uh, as they serve. All right. And uh, I just appreciate all of our soldiers. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If I had a thought this morning, to be where no battle is lost where no battle is lost. Let's go to the throne of grace. Brother George Brown, how about you praying? Amen. You'll be seated. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed November the 11th Veterans Day as an annual United States holiday honoring military veterans. To us in America, the day will be filled with lots of pride in the heroes of those who died in the country's service and with gratitude for the victory. Both because of things which from which it has been freed us from, but because of the opportunities it has given us in America. God help us to never take that for granted. May we be reminded today, freedom is not free. Freedom came with a tremendous price. And the Apostle Paul looked at the Christian life from the standpoint of a Christian warfare. Paul spoke of Christian warfare as being much more than wearing a uniform. But he has the ideal of a true veteran, if you will. After World War I, there were 36 certain heroes of war in the German hospital and they were visited by Prince Albert. He wanted to thank them for the service for the country. He had seen 35 of these men and began to leave and Prince Albert said, I came to see 36. They begged their majesty not to see the final man because of his grave condition. 
But Prince Albert was determined, demanded to see this. I forgot. Brother Day. Make sure you get yours. I have to do things when I see it and remember it. All right? So I don't forget. Thank you for being here today. They begged their majesty not to see the final man because of his grave condition, but Prince Albert demanded to see him. They led him down a long, dark corridor to a room isolated from the rest of the hospital. They opened the door and Prince Albert looked and saw a broken, battered, bloodied stub of a man. With no thought to himself, Prince Albert went to the room, threw himself around the soldier and began to weep. With hot tears rolling down his cheeks, he kissed the soldier on his head and thanked him for his sacrifice and service to his country. It's amazing the battles the Bible tells us about. Joshua led the victory, the battle of Jericho. David won a great victory over a giant. Job won a great victory over personal suffering. David were personal, won personal uh, battles over sin and giants. But I guess Jesus won the war of the ages through His vicarious death and victorious resurrection from the dead. This morning I want to show you how to have victory in this spiritual warfare that we're in how to live where no battle is lost. A lot of times we talk about, well, that we lost the battle, but we, we're going to win the war. Well, I believe we ought to win the battles as well as the war. Dr. Vance Heavener used to say, casual Christians know nothing of spiritual warfare. And I say, Amen. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So this morning, may we look at this for just a moment on the battles where battle is not lost, where there's, where no battle is lost. First of all, may we understand this morning we are in a spiritual war. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, the war I'm talking about is going on right this very moment in this auditorium. It is a spiritual warfare. No, you, you don't see or hear bullets buzzing by your head or whizzing by your ear, but I trust me, the war is real just the same. And it's being fought today as never before. It's being fought in our homes. The Lord created two institutions 
in our land. He created the home and He created the church. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sayest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them as a sign upon thy hand, and thou shalt put their frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates. Verse 12, And beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee out forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Christian marriages, Christian marriages today are being battled. Christian homes in a battle. Hey folks, we are in a spiritual warfare. The very institution that God created between men, a man and a woman is under attack as never has been before in our lifetime. So we're, we got to, we're in a spiritual war. Second, we're in a spiritual, this being thought in our heads. Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations and against every high thing that exalteth except against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I believe that's the reason we're finding so many people falling prey today to adultery and fornications and things like this. Romans 1.21 says this, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. There's a warfare being fought for our homes. There's a warfare, there's a warfare in our heads. The imagination. Can I just help you? We're pushing the envelope more and more and more each and every day. Then not only that, it's being fought in our hearts. Bible says in Proverbs 24, 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Psalmist said in 61, 2, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. There is a warfare today for our hearts. And let me say this. Are you listening? It's a happy. Won't cost you any extra. It'll help you. If you keep that relationship, if you keep your heart, if you keep your heart, every other relationship that branches from that has got a divine help. If I keep my heart where it needs to be, boy, this is almost a good, I, I, I need to charge you for this is what I need to do. But if I, if I keep my relationship with my God right, then He's going to help me my relationship with my family. How many's got crazy family? Amen. I, I, it'll help me to deal with my family. Hey, if I keep my relationship right with my God, it's going to help me in the world, in my workplace, wherever everything here. If I keep this one right, it will help, gives me divine help for these because there's a warfare battling for your heart. 
How many of you feel like you've been drugged ten ways from Sunday? I mean, you're pulled this way. The job's demanding this. The job's demanding this. Then, you, then your wife's family's demanding this. We don't spend no time with us. When you're going, you, 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 we need to spend more. You need to spend more time with the kids. Well, I don't spend time with them rotten kids. Amen. Or yours. But anyway, uh, that, you, I want you to spend time with the kids. You know, and the job said, well, you got to do this, you got to get this done. And then the preacher gets up and preaches, says, well, you ought to be faithful and be here three times a week and you ought to be faithful to God. And you're just pulled out of which way. It's a warfare. A warfare for your heart. Because only your heart is going to be in one place. At a time. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If we keep our heart, all, all these others need to branch from that, and then we get a holy God's divine help in those things. Well, that's extra, because you're a thing. We find, I, I truly believe this. I truly believe. The day of straddling the fence is coming to an end quickly. Our world is demanding that you take a stand for what you believe. They got too much information with internet and social media. They're, they're demanding what do you believe? And you got to take a stand. The days of straddling the fence are just about to end. But I like what Joshua said. If it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I like that. General Douglas MacArthur wrote a Pre-requests for military success. He gave him a list, four principles that he gave his soldiers for military success. Number one, there must be moral. Number two, there must be strength. Number three, we must have adequate source of supply. And then most of all, he said, most important, you got to know your enemy. God know the enemy. And the Bible tells us our opponent, we don't have to guess, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder who he is. The Bible tells us who he is. And you, if you're saved, born again, washed in the blood today, you have an arch enemy that is out to destroy you. He's not your friend. He's not your friend. He's out to destroy you. Not only that, but notice his organization. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at the same time. He can can only be in one place at a time. He's not omnipotent. He doesn't have all power. He's not omniscient. Means he doesn't know everything. Can I help you? Can I help you this morning? 
Uh, he probably wouldn't know near as much if we wasn't whining about it. He probably wouldn't know near as much what's going on if we didn't talk about it. He, he's not deaf and he hears about our complaining and our murmuring and our whining. And, and the truth of the matter is we're, we're just really telling him exactly where we're at. And he may not know this. Well, I, I, I'm, I would love to see the day that if we had a knockdown drag out at the house of God, bloody noses and everything, we'll walk out somebody and say, what happened to you? Oh, Thanksgiving, our great service just, just went on. The devil wouldn't know what's going on. He didn't know everything. But may I say this, he is organized. Principalities, power, spiritual darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice his ordinances. They are weapons and strategies. Fiery darts, the Bible says. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you're able to, to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The sinful thoughts, stubborn thoughts, spiritual warfare's thought in the mind. That this mind being you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians said. Proverbs said, For as man thinketh in his heart, so is he, eating drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Well, there's spiritual warfare begins in our mind. Then that thought is received. Then that thought leads to a choice. Then that choice becomes an action. Then that action becomes a habit. The enemy comes along and he sees where that thought leads to a choice. And that choice leads to an action. That action leads to a habit. And it becomes what we call the spiritual stronghold in our life. We are, we are in a spiritual war. Second, we have spiritual weapons. For the weapons, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians 6 gives us two kinds of weapons. Number one, we have defensive weapons. Can I ask you a question? Did you come to church this morning naked? Did you go to work last week naked? Did you go to work last week? Could you, could you imagine with me? Battle's raging. Battle's raging. And here comes this dude on the battlefield. He's got a, he's got a t-shirt and, and, uh, shorts and flip-flops. And he's got a gun and says, I'm ready. Could you imagine that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. They're going to put him out of his misery right quick. They're just going to shoot him. Because he has no defensive weapons. The Bible says, and it's just as, it is, it just as fool, you say, that's foolishness. That's right. That's foolishness. But it's no more foolish than you and I trying to fight an enemy like the devil and not being dressed properly. 
Uh, tonight, with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach on. Uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. What's a follower to wear? Lord, you come back at six o'clock. I'll help you. Bible says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. May I say this, one of the reasons people are falling by the wayside and not standing, they're walking on the battlefield, they're trying to fight a battle, and with no armor of God. Boy, we need the armor of God. He said, He said, Wherefore taking you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all, stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, have on the breastplate of righteousness. He said, Get your belt on, everything hooked to the belt, put your breastplate on, text your heart, text your heart. He said, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Got to have some good shoes of the gospel. And above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice, shield of faith, not a shield of fear, not a shield of, but a shield of faith. Then he said this, and take the helmet of salvation. Oh, that's our defensive weapons. Can I just tell you this? Well, if you're saved by the grace of God, and if you're not, you're in the best place you could ever be. We'll take time and show you how you can be saved, but once you're saved, we need to put on the whole armor of God Every day, every morning, we ought to get up and say, Lord, help me put on my breastplate on and my, my belt and my shoes and my helmet. Help me, Lord, to, put, to be dressed for the battle because we are in a spiritual warfare. Did you notice the soldiers, those on the battlefield? I didn't notice one of them. Not dressed properly. They had their defensive weapons. And God has given us only one offensive weapon. And that is, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How many brought your sword this morning? Amen. Now, I, I hope I don't get in a fight with some of you because you didn't bring no offensive weapon. You didn't bring nothing to fight with. Jesus is being tempted and the devil's saying, you know, if you're this and if you're that, and you'll notice Jesus just quoted him the word of God. All he's doing is taking that sword and saying, cut here and cut there and just whacked him up. And when he got done, Satan flee, run, and Jesus stood victorious. Bible says our offensive weapons, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Oh, may we, may we be certain we got our spiritual weapons. We're in a spiritual warfare. We have spiritual weapons. But I want you to know something. This is what's great to me. I love this. We have Spiritual victory. Now, 
I don't fight to a victory. I don't fight hoping to be victorious. I don't fight waiting to be victorious. I don't know about you, but I've read the back of the book, and we win. Not only we win, we've already won. And let me help you. We're, we're, we're walking around about 90% of the time, our chin in our shorts, defeated, murmuring, complaining about how hard it is. Boy, the devil's a master. To get, you know what the devil's a master at doing? He's, he can get you to thinking this kind of stuff. Well, I tell you, I made this kind of sacrifice for Jesus. Boy, I've done this and I've done that and I've served and I go faithful and I've done this and I've taught regularly and I've done this and I've done this and God just ain't treating me right. God just ain't doing me right. I mean, I make all these sacrifices and nothing's ever and it's still not happening. God just ain't treating me right. God just ain't treating me right at all. The devil's a master at getting you to thinking like that. Can I remind you? What do you think you got the strength to make them sacrifices? What do you think you got the brain to do what you've done? What do you think you got the ability? Hey, what do you think this morning when your eyes popped up and you got the breath? Where do you think it come from? Unless we get to blaming God, and boy, the devil's a master at it. Especially when this relationship gets off center here with God. He's a master at leading you to believe God's not treating you right. I want to tell you right now, God's treating me right. Better to me than I'll ever deserve. I mean, as a matter of fact, if we kept a tally... We started tallying up all that God's done for me, how He's helped me, the prayers He's answered, and then I tally up all the little dab I've done for God. I'm going to tell you His list is going to be a, a heap lot longer, and I'm going to bow on my face before Him and tell Him I'm sorry for ever considering the fact that you've not been good to me. Are we not like spoiled children sometimes? Mom and daddy does everything in the world for us. They get mad at you. I don't love you no more. Have mom and daddy's ever heard that? I don't love you no more. Until they want something. That's right. Until they want something else. May I remind you, are you listening? May I remind you this morning. Boy, we have won the victory. Why? Because of my position. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe 
according to the working of his mighty power. I want you to know we have spiritual victory today because of our position. Because of our position. He said, if he's your God, if he's your father, he's telling you, he said, I want, he said, I want to flex my muscles for you. I want to show you just what kind of power I have. You know what I believe God wants to do? I believe God wants to blow our little minds in what He is able to do and what He wants to do, what He wants to do in this church, what He wants to do in your life. But you know what? We just wonder, well, I ain't sure about that. I don't know if I can believe that. Devil says, well, I tell you, the devil says, you know, you got to trust that job. You got to trust that money. God help you. You got to trust politicians. Oh, God help you. We, we need to call recess and I'll pray for you right now. You're trusting politicians. You say, well, are you a Democrat Republican? Throw them all in the back and throw them on the river. Start over. Oh, just about as corrupt as they can be. Oh, you have victory in them. No, I have victory in my God that lives in my, my position. Our power. First John, ye are of God, little children. And I've overcome them because greater is He that is in you, that he that is in this world. Some of you don't want to boo you out. But I just got to tell you, some of you, some of your youngins has more power over you than your God has over you. I tell you, I was born, I'm just going to be honest, I was born in the wrong century. I should have been born about 1800, I think. I I mean, I had an old-fashioned dad, and daddy run the house, and mama. And you know what? They had this crazy notion that kids ought to just behave and, 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 and obey. And you know, we, we never talked back. You know, we never. And you know, we, we never, we never, I, I remember one day we, we sat down at the table and, and, and we all got together, there's four of us, we got together and we decided we was going to tell Dad we was tired of eating them green beans and, and corn out of the garden and lettuce and, and uh, tomatoes and cucumbers and cornbread. I'm trying to make you hungry, amen. And fried potatoes and, and uh, we, we were just tired of that. We're just tired of it. So we got together and we told Dad that. And I, I, I remember, I, hope, I, I guess Eddie remembers. And we, Dad said, okay. He didn't, he didn't get mad. First he said, well, kids, just go in the living room. So we went down in the living room. He ate supper. Mom cleaned it up. And then he just walked in there and he said, children, you don't have to eat what I put on the table. 
I don't make anybody eat what I put on the table. But he said, now children, you won't get nothing else to eat. And so, now we thought, and I was thinking, we thought we'd be dead by morning. I mean, that's it. We was going to die. Well, I mean, we was going to die. We wouldn't make it. Next day, I'll never forget the next day we walked in and exactly the same thing was on the table. Dad said, anybody got anything to say? No, sir. No, sir. Not a word. Not a word. But you know what we've come to? Our children, we let children run the house. They're running the house. Sad to say, but they are. If they, want to, if they want to do this, they want to do that, they decide. Oh, God help you to give your, get the power back. Because understand something, dear Christian. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Then he gives us a promise. You can live in spiritual victory. You can have it. All you got to do is just claim it. In a German prison war camp in World War II, unbeknownst to the guards, the Americans built a makeshift radio. One day news came that the German high command had surrendered, ending the war. A fact that the German guards did not know. As the word spread, great celebration broke out. And for three days, the prisoners were just shouting and praising God and celebrating. They, they sang, they waved at the guards, they laughed at the, uh, the German shepherd dogs, they, they shared jokes. And on the fourth day, they woke up to their amazement. All the German forces had, had, had left in the night had run, leaving all the gates unlocked. President Theodore Roosevelt said, it's not the critic who counts. Are you listening? It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, whose errors and comes short again and again because there is no effort without shortcomings, who does actually try to do the deed, who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotion, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Far better it is to dare mightily th- mighty things to win grace, glorious, triumphant, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy, listen, who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory or defeat. The veterans, on this Veterans Day, are those that just didn't wear a suit. They went. They went. May we be Christians.
Maybe we'd be Christians. And maybe this morning, and I've not done a thing with the outline. I forgot it. <laughs> Hopefully you followed enough to fill it out yourself. But the truth is, this morning, we're, we're, many are just right there. They're not serving God, but they're not in the world. They're in that in-between place. They don't know defeat, but they don't know victories. And they're just spectators along the way. Well, I tell them this Veterans Day, we want to honor the veterans because they were more than spectators. They were participants. They were participants. May we be participants, not just spectators in this thing. Let's all stand to our feet. Because the Lord is still seeking soldiers. And we need still, we still, as we honor our veterans today, we need soldiers to stay in us, stay with this stuff. With every head bowed and every eye closed, can I ask the question?